It's Monday, and you know what time it is. It's 11 o'clock. It's the Neutral Zone. I'm your host, Jason Schwartz. Thank you for being here with us. We have a terrific guest. We have Councilman Mike Molina with us today. It's December 2nd, 2019. Man, that one really still shocks me. I think that uh, I am still amazed. We passed Y2K, and that's history. That's almost two decades ago. I'm here with Councilman here on Maui, Mike Molina. Michael Molina has been serving our county for a long time, since when I had fantasies of being on council way back when. I was going to run again this time, but didn't. I actually left room there in Kahului for um, Tasha Kama to run against Alan Arakawa, our former mayor, who you know very well. Yes, you I do. You worked for him. That's right, yep. Oh, it, getting you good. It was a, a, a good experience. I had eight years with the mayor and then, of course, ten prior years on the council. I was going to say, yeah. you <laughs> you in your own right, were you were serving... Uh, before the mayor was mayor, was was he the mayor the first time when you took office? Um, he was a council member, if I recall. My first term on the council, he was a council member, and then he ran, uh, I believe, in two thousand and two against Kimo Apana, and then won. Right, that was his first go around as mayor. I see. And what is it like in the mayor's office? And when you have a job like that, mm-hmm. obviously you had prior experience on council, mm-hmm. so. Um, what kind of role do you serve there? Do you handle things instead of mayor? Or? Yeah, well, usually the mayor assigns, uh, he has a, a number of executive assistants that he has, and each one of them he'll assign a, a special area. In my case, I was uh, assigned to uh, monitor our boards and commissions. So I was sort of like the recruiter for the mayor in, in that area to go out and look at, uh, you know, we, we, we have these applications that would come in from folks, and we'd run, we'd run it by the mayor, and then he would... Uh, Pretty much uh, pick and choose uh, who he would like to have, uh, you know, to be considered. So he had a handful of executive assistants that handled different areas, yes. so he didn't have to touch as many. Uh, yeah, you know, of course, as you know, the uh, mayor's mayor has a tremendously full plate, and uh, and especially when you fir- first get into office as the mayor, it's you know, there's a long, big learning curve. <laughs> so, uh, without saying it, the, the mayor, any new mayor, needs all the help that he or she can get. So now, like Mike Victorino, our present mayor, mm-hmm. was on council. Mm-hmm. Is it a giant shift in mm-hmm. what you're doing, how you're doing it? I, I believe it is because when you're on, you're on council, you're one of nine people uh, making decisions on the legislative branch. Then when you uh, become the mayor, you're the uh, CEO of the executive branch, You the departments you, you, you oversee. And uh, so 
you have now a whole bunch of people working for you. Whereas on council, typically most council members, you have maybe two or three executive assistants, whereas the mayor, you have executive assistants plus directors. And it's a tremendous undertaking. And I, I give credit to uh, whoever uh, has been or currently is mayor. It is a tough job. Do you feel that your being on council gives you a, um, or gives him also, a better handling of being the mayor? I would think so. Yeah, I would think so. It does. Uh, I guess he pretty much can, can anticipate what may be our concern, so he'll try to, uh, it's, a, it's a give and take, if you would like to call it that. He, uh, you know, proposes something to us. Of course, we're the gatekeepers with the public dollar, so he, he may propose funding for this, that, and everything else, and then it's up to us to, uh, you know, support it or not support it, amongst the many other decisions he has to make. A gatekeeper for the public dollar. So he mm -hmm. can say what he wants, but has uh, less discretion than he doesn't have. Ex does he have executive order power like our president? He, he may have in, in some areas. Yeah. And actually with the department, some um, council members cannot dictate to the directors what they want done. They can ask. But ultimately, that call is the mayor. Um, if I were to say to the department, the director for public works, fix that road. Uh, that's up to the mayor. You know, but because of the checks and balances, we have um, more uh, authority with their funding. So if, uh, for example, a department doesn't do something that a council member or their community wanted done, then the council will certainly uh, put the department or the mayor through a lot of scrutiny as to, okay, why didn't you get it done? We gave you money to do this. And that's where sometimes politics gets involved. So it's somewhat complicated, but... Uh, well, but it's... Yeah. You know, I mean, in, Not a give and take. in our national <laughs> headlines, <laughs> oh, yeah. we can't help but recognize no one ever understood what quid pro quo there you go. Yeah. meant. Yep. And now Until we now. understand, <laughs> hey, scratch my back, I yep. scratch your back. Yep. Take it out of Latin, turn it into English. Sure, exactly. Um, I can't imagine that kind of stuff doesn't happen kind of naturally. Mm -hmm. um, I guess if you're sitting in certain seats, you can't make promises or withhold funds and things yeah, like that. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's the beauty of our system of checks and balances. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, we cannot dictate to the administration what we want done. We can ask, but then again, if the administration wants uh, authorization for funding, that's where we have a little leverage too. We can say, well, if you want this X amount of dollars, what are you going to do with it? You know, and, and then you have to, they have to justify it. So that's why every budget when, when, um, uh, the department comes up and asks us for funds, we'll, we'll review the previous year. Okay, you're asking for more money, but we gave you this amount. What did you do with it? And if you didn't spend it or you spent it elsewhere and didn't spend it like you were supposed to in one area, that's where they can come under a lot of scrutiny. And we can, you know, council can just say, hey, you know what, we'll just either leave your funding level flat or we maybe even reduce your funding. So gotcha. th there's a lot of little... Uh, pieces that go into this whole budget, budgeting process with, oh, the, with a lot of jockeying back and forth. You know. Now, you've been on count. When did you first start on the council? Uh, the, year, uh, the year 2001, I took office. Um, okay. So that's, let's call it 18, 18, 19 mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, your first council group, mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I like to describe it as a, you know, a hawk kind of a group that was aggressively uh, interested in construction and mm -hmm. getting a lot of things done in mm -hmm. a different way than now. It's like a very different public climate. 
Very different. Uh, a lot. I find it a lot more transparent. And, um, of course, as time has progressed, the issues have changed. And I think people's mindset, I, um, at the time when I first came on the council, it was all about tourism. Let's do whatever it takes. Get the tourists here. Well, now, here we are 18, 19 years later. We have a lot of tourists and maybe a little bit too much. And at the time, uh, the type of tourists we were targeting was more the, the spenders, you know. But now with... Airbnbs and all of these uh, short-term rentals. Now, you're bringing in um, tourists uh, from all economic levels. And it's having an impact on our infrastructure, and we haven't kept up. That's the hard part. As Maui's grown, you know, it's been hard to keep up with the infrastructure, our road system, and, you know, the... Uh, in my area, we've been waiting for how many years for the state to help us with the long-awaited permanent Paia bypass. We did a, a temporary fix back in, I think, 2007 or eight, the little mini bypass, but we've outgrown that. And the popularity of the North Shore, it's just, you know, I'm hoping in my lifetime we get a <laughs> permanent it's bypass. It's already been drawn? Uh, well, we're, we're currently in the process. I'm, I'm working with the community to see what we can do maybe to have it more driven by the community rather than the state telling us what's best for us. That's, my, my philosophy is this: maybe the county should take a more active role and a lot of our stakeholders, um, working with the folks from Maui Tomorrow, Haiku Community Association, Paia Merchant Association, so to have it really being driven by the community, much like the Lahaina Bypass, they had that bypass group. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to see a model like that where we can kind of, you know, drive it ourselves instead of having it more the state telling us this is what's better for you. Let's well, if tell us what we want. It, how is there such a thing as fast track something like that? Yeah, the bottom line is uh, money yeah, and so years. And years, are we talking yeah. how much time? We couple of years easy. Couple, if we're lucky. Is it <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah. It's that, isn't it? Yeah, because every time I go to that direction, you really have to time it. Yeah. Or you uh, yeah. just well, you wait. Well, we had an opportunity, I think, a couple of years ago, but um, it was the community was really split on the design. Uh, so the state, I guess, pulled the plug on that design that they had so now it's back to the drawing board so now um, with stakeholders in the community and elected officials like myself and uh, senator english and representative decoit and even representative yamashita trying to put our heads together to see what's the best uh route that everybody can live with but we need something uh half a loaf is better than nothing going on uh, the state, do we still get I, I, Yeah, money? my understanding is they, they've still got an appropriation out there for us. And the state, from what I heard, they're looking at taxing rental vehicles, adding a, maybe an additional $1 or $2 surcharge, so that'll help pay for Sort of, of like is paying for that rental facility at the airport? <laughs> Somewhat similar from what I understand. Same kind of a thing, yeah, a, yeah. a per-unit charge to raise the money. Exactly. I see. Yeah, yeah. So... Have you enjoyed your seat? I mean, you yes, I are am. a reading fool. you got to be reading and running. <laughs> yeah. Every time I see you, you're off ready to another meeting yeah. almost yeah. immediately. I, Is I, it a heavy schedule of work? It, it, it can, like. it, it's all a matter of how, uh, how, how the, the, the amount of work you want to put, put on yourself. As strange as it may sound, council members' uh, job, it's classified as part-time by the county. I there's, still there, can't there, imagine There's that. no sick leave or vacation like your normal civil service job. So some council members in the past, and I think even our current mayor, uh, he has a side business. So the council meets every other week normally. And during that off week, it's up to the member uh, if they choose to stay in their office and meet with constituents during the off week or go off and do their other jobs. 
So, you know, we've had council members that were in the hotel industry, the insurance industry, and I was a, a public school teacher, but I dedicated myself full-time to the job. But it's ironic now, now during my off week, there's, there's a short. Well, you were a teacher too, Jason, right? A substitute teacher? Oh, long, long ago, I, yeah. I went back into substitute teaching. I, I, there's a big need in my area, and I wanted to just engage with the young folks. And so I do it maybe one or two days in my off weekend. I tell you, Jason, the kids have sure changed since I last taught. Uh, it's, uh, you know, we didn't have all of the, these cell phones and social media stuff, Facebooks. It's it's quite a change. So it's an adjustment for me, but it's it's all good. It's all part of evolution and learning to adapt to change. You ever ask those kids if they have any good ideas for you? Yeah, I have. I have, and you'd be surprised. I, I typically work with seventh, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, and. They've got some interesting things to say. They uh, they do question a lot. Uh, I remember at that age, you'd never question authority, you know. But these kids are questioning authority on a lot of things, and especially on the national level. So isn't that very funny? I, it's not that funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not sure how anyone uh, takes this, but our president, the mm-hmm. big guy mm-hmm. uh, at the moment, uh, mm-hmm. Trump, mm-hmm. for him to not be understanding or appreciating climate change the way the whole world is. I don't know if that trickles down here because it seems like it is clearly on the minds of the local council. And I imagine the kids in school, we're all leaving them a world that is way, way out of balance. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we want to leave yet because we haven't done our job to put things back on track toward getting things... Um, are you? What committee are you uh, on here? Uh, You're uh, on a number of committees. Yeah, you had the, which one? I had the uh, governance, e- governance, ethics, and transparency committee. Uh, we deal with the um, uh, uh, confirmations of boards and commission members, directors, and of course any type of um, legal issues, especially some very high-profile ones like the uh, Lahaina injection well issue. Mm-hmm. So it's been a busy committee, and of course we're going to be dealing with proposed charter amendments coming up. So. Um, I, I got a full plate, but I really uh, appreciate it. And I enjoy it, and I uh, I asked uh, for that committee, and I appreciate um, Chair King and the fellow members' support for giving me the chairmanship of that uh, exciting well, committee. <laughs> you have such a, an easygoing style. I very much appreciate that you're very approachable, and can people can ask you a question really straight. You, you know, uh, you're not one to deflect yeah. or defer. <laughs> I try, I try, but but you know, I guess uh, that's. Part of the whole impetus as to why I ran years ago, I'd asked my area council member to look into a, a problem, never got a phone call back, never got a letter or nothing. And I, I told my wife, I remember, I said, you know, if I ever decide to run out, I will never w- 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 would conduct myself like that because you're there to serve the people. You're not there to serve yourself. You're there to serve others. And I look at it as customer service. So I encourage folks, uh, even if they're not in my district, if uh, you, you can't get a hold of your council member, call me and we'll we'll see what we can do to assist. Right. Well, I could start off in issues and go in all kinds of different directions. You sit on uh, numbers of committees, mm-hmm. and those committees, let's see if I understand the process. Mm-hmm. In the committees is really where you decide which are the priorities in this area that need to go before the council.
requested a coordinated test of the emergency alert system for broadcast stations in Hawaii. As a reminder, the regular monthly test of the live audio broadcast segment and all hazard outdoor warning siren system for public safety will be conducted at 11.45 a.m. from emergency management authorities. Hawaii's warning sirens are used to alert the public to any emergency that may pose a threat to life or property. The sound of the sirens is to alert residents to turn on a radio or television for information and instruction for an impending emergency. Instruction may also be provided by a cellular wireless emergency alert sent from the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency. This concludes the test of the emergency alert system. We now return you to the regular station programming. Assistance to the council. They said housing's the big issue mm-hmm. now. Um, what kind of things uh, can you do uh, before it gets to a vote on council? For example, can you on council declare an emergency to build tents and cr- take an area of land and do things with, that has to be the mayor? Mm, yeah, we could do a resolution encouraging the mayor to you know uh, declare a state of emergency to the governor. Uh, but yeah, ultimately it will be the mayor who would have to uh, declare an emergency. But but we on the council can encourage him through resolution. Um, other ways we can well, it's uh, this is the number one issue. Yeah, and so what we what well what I did when I was on the council previously, um, I initiated the affordable housing fund through a charter amendment, and the public voted for it, and that became law. So that's a, a funding resource for housing there. And I also initiated the first-time home buyers fund, which basically, if um, it's, it's set up as a lottery system, if you get selected, uh, you'll be eligible for a, I think it was at the time maybe a twenty thousand dollar down payment. That's the hardest part for folks is coming up with that down to get into a house, and every little bit help. I, I, the way I see it, you, we we have a toolbox, and we need to put as many tools as we can into the box to address the housing issue. And then, of course, there's the homeless issue as well. Um, I believe the department right now, they're doing a, the best they can with what they got. What council can do is provide them the resources, and combining with the state, we can help, you know, to uh, reduce the uh, the housing homeless issue. And you were at that meeting at the, uh, what was it, at the old Safeway? And, oh, yeah, at the old Safeway right. out in the parking lot. Right. And What I found interesting about that meeting was everyone around, everyone went around and said why they were there, mm-hmm. uh, but nothing really moves forward. I hear a lot of discussion on the surface, but I didn't hear any concrete mm-hmm. someone saying, hey, what about declaring a state of emergency? What about taking a piece of land here? No discussion of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Where does that happen? Well, it's ironic you mentioned that, Jason. Earlier in the year, um, I, I did a, uh, a piece in the Maui News. I basically said it's a call to action to the mayor, yeah. basically telling the mayor, Mayor, we, we've talked about this thing long enough, whether it be affordable housing or housing for the homeless. We've got the resources. We've got the county land. Let's start building now. Enough talk and enough of summits and everything else. And... I'm, I'm I'm hoping that you know my comments are used constructively, and it's not a personal attack on the administration. No, it's more just to let's you know it, it's like the old proverbial border calling, nipping at the heels of the, of the cattle, trying to keep the cattle going in the uh, forward in the right direction. Even at that meeting, mm-hmm. uh, Mayor Victorino 
uh, you know, he mentioned, so he was trying to push everyone forward, but he didn't direct it anywhere. Well, and it was a very odd... Yeah. Well, well, you know, it's funny, I'm glad you mentioned it, because at that meeting, too, he also put the council on notice that, you know, you guys are going to help us. And I think the mayor forgot that during this past budget session, we added another $6 million. So we, we've been doing our part for the administration. So now we've given the administration the resources. Now, take and, you know, run with it now. So and might he have an executive assistant in charge of housing? I'm pretty sure he has one. Um, I, I'm not sure who it is, but I, yeah. I, I would guess he'd have an EA overseeing housing matters. And homelessness, you know, I'm, this is just my opinion. That's all we are here. But mm-hmm. homelessness is one issue and a very serious issue. But affordable housing, we so desperately need housing supply. Yeah. It's not even using the term affordable doesn't, you know, make sense anymore. It's just more about attainable, just getting some type of shelter here in Maui. Who would have dreamed the cost of housing would go this much? Oh, it's through the roof. extraordinary. I mean... And in the rental market, um, mm-hmm. I don't have to tell you, yep. the rental market is so tight, mm-hmm. people are paying extraordinary amounts of money oh, for yeah. a room and a house. And you have landlords that are, are taking advantage of folks, they're just exploiting it. I mean, I mean, I understand people wanting to make a dollar, but my goodness, this, try not to go so extreme. And the sad part is if you have a tenant that complains or wants something fixed, I've heard their stories about landlords saying, Okay, if you're going to complain too much, I got 10 other people waiting in line, so take it or leave it, you know. So the tenant is left at a real disadvantage in in this uh, current time in Maui County, so. And you guys did something by adding uh, the ability for people to build more Ohana units, so. Right, exactly. Loosen give us a, things up. I think the public should hear it from you. Yeah, I think, uh, well, this is legislation that I in- initiated on my last term in 2010, and it wasn't uh, fully addressed until... Uh, I believe it was last term, I think. But uh, we we had started it, and it carried over into Councilmember Carroll's committee. But basically, the old law was you have to, uh, in order to build an Ohana, your lot size had to be at least 7,500 square feet. My proposal was to uh, reduce the lot size to 6,000 so you could put an Ohana. So we provide uh, an opportunity for more people to put an Ohana and shelter people, whether it be family or... And what about mental. a second Ohana? Is that, how does that work? There's recent... I thought it was recent that if you have a property, you can put two Ohanas now at a certain size. Mm, you know, that... Uh, Maybe I didn't sure, understand yeah. it right. But I surely yeah. know if we're not going to... If we're not increasing the footprint and people from scratch trying to build a house now in this climate of everything is mm-hmm. super expensive, that existing rules were changed so mm-hmm. that someone with so many square foot of property, could build um, two separate ohanas and basically increase the square footage that were potentially available mm-hmm. to have two rentals. Mm-hmm. I thought that was... Yeah, I'm not, I'm, maybe I'm... And maybe I'm not, follow up I think that, that we, we're going to... You know, I, I keep thinking that there's got to be more open public discussion. Mm-hmm. Three minutes mm-hmm. in front of the council, you end up seeing a lot of people outside of those three-minute things or there, not much yes yeah, there's a few yeah mo- most people get pretty much uh say what they have to say within that three minutes and of course depending um you have some committee chairs that are flexible some that are very rigid but it's some it's, it, it, you, you just have to gauge it and just see how the flow of discussion goes and as long as to me the testifier is on topic 
you know, they go over by a few seconds. You mostly I'm get okay. opinions, or like what they think of what you're doing, or do you, from the audience, solutions? Yeah. Um, a, a little both. Um, some testifiers come up with some pretty good ideas, and I, I believe we've used some of their suggestions uh, in our legislation or when formulating our own decisions, whether we vote for something or not. Uh, but yeah, we get a lot of opinions too, and but that's people's right, you know, to uh, say what they feel. If they think we're doing a lousy job, by all means, tell us. And and ultimately, our our jobs are, you know, hinge upon uh, our performance. And if the public wants us back, they'll show it in the in in the voting booth. Yeah, I just think they need more, a little bit more information. I sure. I think I asked one of the assistants. Maybe you know the answer. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have the time to watch all the meetings and mm-hmm. the committee meetings. But what happens there, someone said there's something called Granicus. What is Granicus? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, um, I didn't have this. this uh, it's basically we've been giving computers or tablets on our, on our desk now. Back in the old days, we had to have these big binders full of paperwork. Granicus is a system where it's all electronic. It's all on your computer now. So it's a so, big paper So let's saver. say now here's a meeting. We had a meeting of the... XYZ committee, and mm-hmm. it's been on Akaku mm-hmm. uh, television. Thank mm-hmm. you for that kind of service. Mm-hmm. But who has time to watch all these meetings? It's like, is there anywhere someone's taking notes on what's going on where it can be in written outline form for quicker digestion? Mm-hmm. I haven't mm-hmm. seen that. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for that. Yeah. Well, for example, good suggestion, yeah. No, well, you know, I mean, it, make it easier, more easier access. Someone is doing it, and I don't know if there is a. Is there some? Report yeah, there, there, there's. Um, yeah, we do have secretaries that take minutes, and uh, of course, you have the videotape of the meeting. So, uh, if uh, for for the sake of keeping accurate minutes, the uh, secretary can go back and look at the videotape or the recording itself. Uh, they do record. No, but that secretary, maybe mm-hmm. that's the one we're talking about. If mm-hmm. those notes can then be. Uh, either cleaned up or as they are mm-hmm. available, so someone can digest it quicker than hours and oh, hours yeah. and hours. Like more of more uh, summarized minutes rather than verbatim minutes. Oh, right, yeah. summarized. But for example, testimony by Mister or Mrs. X mm-hmm. or Ms. X, mm-hmm. and um, they propose this, and they say it can do that. The public. I mean, I'm wondering at what point. Mm-hmm. I always wondered, do, do the council know these about these technologies? Like I, on this, for example, here, I was talking to Shane Sinensi and talking mm-hmm. about water from air units mm-hmm. and that there's a green powerhouse mm-hmm. that you can take bio waste, or mm-hmm. green waste, mm-hmm. and turn it into power for 100 homes. And I always wonder if, those te- if that was in a testimony or if we're doing it here, where does it get kind of boiled down? Is, do, when you go into an environmental committee meeting, mm-hmm. has someone taken the things that were being offered and digested them down? Sort of simplified it. Usable. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, believe there, there were, I'm sure, a couple of instances. I can't just recall off the top of my head. Yeah, but, I'm just trying but, to wonder because no. I, um, like anything... We as public, mm-hmm. and we're going to go to a break here in a minute. Mm-hmm. We as public, maybe I'll talk about it more when I come back, may have ideas to be able to help, but there's, besides a couple of minutes in front of the council or it going on some kind of paper to someone to review, mm-hmm. it's like, where does that kind of get hashed out and penciled out and possible budgeted out? Mm-hmm. 
That's what I'm kind of wondering. Because yeah. as public, mm-hmm. for us to rely on uh, the people on council to do it all, mm-hmm. I think that's unreasonable. Oh, no. There's yeah. such you, a giant public that yeah. has many of the answers or could conceive of answers mm-hmm. to then give help to the council. Mm-hmm. Like you say, we're all on the same team here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess the same kind of thing, like then the council might recommend it to the mayor mm-hmm. or maybe the public could do that also. But I, that's why I'm asking it kind of mm-hmm. this way is well, I have ideas and wonder what do I do with them? How well, do I get well, it out? Well, I'll definitely give credit to the public on some some of the legislation I spoke of earlier. Sure. Uh, for example, the Charter Amendment for the Affordable Housing Fund uh, we we were uh, we work with people like Tom Blackburn Rodriguez, uh, people who are very active in the housing community. Uh, the plastic bag um, uh, legislation that I initiated, well, if it weren't for the help from the uh, Sierra Club and Surfrider Foundation uh, organizations like that, that helped craft. They helped us craft a very good, sound legislation. So, yes, uh, it, it's hard for any elected official to take it on take on everything because I don't think any uh, man or woman know has individually has the answers to everything so which is important for our elected officials to engage with the public so we can have legislation that's sound and it's fair and a lot of the successful legislation is because of that interaction between the public and elected officials so i certainly agree with you on that point jason so and that's why i encourage a lot of public participation yeah i'm thinking and also um, meeting people on your off week a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to make I mean, time to talk talk story with people, very simple. Well, and I know your time is extremely precious when that happens, but I somehow I've seen so many people talking about solutions out there that I never want, I never think, how do we get this in, in a non-combative way? Exactly. You know? but, as you used to say before, let's everybody put down your swords oh, and let's remember. work together. I, I never forgot that. That was a good one, Mason. That was a good well, one. you know, right it's there. really true. That's what this show is really yeah, intended yeah. to be about, mm-hmm. to talk about subjects um, that are sometimes a little heated, mm-hmm. but we're not here to, to strike each other mm-hmm. and... And, you know, call someone names. Yeah, like not personalize things. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen a lot of that in Maui politics. So recently, over the last several years, it's become very personal and people calling each other names. And you're not going to get anything done that way. if you. you mm-hmm. And, you know, Maui's still basically a small place because you don't know who you're insulting, you know, if you decide to go that route. That's right. That's my cousin's brother's yeah. sister. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're going to be back with Mike Molina, our present councilman for one of the nine, but clearly one of the most available of the council people. Thank you. Accessible. Yeah. Accessible and available. And, uh, you know, you can, I really feel very comfortable when speaking with you, Mike. We're going to be back. We're going to start this sponsor run. The Neutral Zone with me, Jason Schwartz, would like to sincerely thank David Bryan for his support. David was founder and head of school at New Road School in Santa Monica, California, and is the board chair at the Ojai Foundation and on the board for Brave New Films. The Neutral Zone is heard live Mondays at 11 a.m. here on KAKU 88.5 FM, the voice of Maui, and again on Saturdays at 7 a.m., as well as on TV and on MauiNeutralZone.com. Get a jump on protecting Maui's coral reefs. No need to wait for Hawaii's new sunscreen law to go in effect. This is Archie Kalepa asking you to make the switch today to sunscreens that do not contain reef-harming oxybenzone or octanoxate. 
Find out about better choices at mauireefs.org slash sunscreen. Sponsored with Aloha by Maui Nui Marine Resource Council, Maui Visitors Bureau, and the County of Maui Office of Economic Development. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go fish that! Oh, come on! <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. It's Saturday night at 8 and Sunday night at 9 on KAKU 88.5 FM. We experience dead air. Not that kind of dead air. We're talking Grateful Dead. Grateful Dead music for an entire hour. Saturday night at 8 and Sunday night at 9 with me, Corey Daniels, on KAKU 88.5 FM. Hi, I'm Jason Schwartz, host of The Neutral Zone. KAKU is a listener-supported station. This means that all of the great programs you hear, like mine, are sponsored by you as well as our underwriters. If you would like to help keep the voice of Maui talking loud and clear, go to kakufm.org slash donate today and give. And don't miss the Neutral Zone Mondays at 11 a.m. on 88.5 FM, the voice of Maui. We are back. This is the Neutral Zone, Maui, neutralzone.com. You can listen to this show again. It'll be up there by tonight and all the other 60-something shows. Um, MauiNeutralZone.com. You can find us on Facebook Live under KAKU uh, FM, The Voice of Maui, 88.5. You can also, if you just look in YouTube and you say, Jason Schwartz, Mike Molina, you'll see, uh, I just looked up there myself, I saw our interviews from way back yonder. Oh, man, man, I had a heck of a lot more hair, and I was a lot lighter, too. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the days. You know? uh, I had a similar hair program, the lighter thing. Isn't it funny? As we get older, yeah. we eat the same amount. I don't know if we're not exercising. Our body metabolism slows down. I, I, I don't know. I looked in the mirror the other day, and, and, and I looked at my face, and I said, I don't know if my ears are getting bigger and my face is getting smaller or what what's going on here. You know, We're just going through these physical and life changes. But you know what? I'm just glad the good Lord gives me a chance to wake up every day to make fun of myself or make fun of others or whatever. You well, know? you have a very, I, I really very much admire you. You've kept your very personal and, and uh, social attitude and persona, even though you're in a thing. I mean, sometimes people in these seats um, uh, take on a whole different air than you've ever seen that yeah. before. Yeah, I've, I've seen it and heard about it happening to some folks, but that's just, it's all a matter of how you handle it. The, the way I decided to handle this is just, you know, it's not the end of the world if you have a bad day. And and when you've been given by the grace of God this authority to serve as an elected official, it's I, I've always believed you serve the people. It's not about you serving yourself. And, and I, I've came from a political family. And I remember when my uncles and dad were, were alive, they always told me the day you get into office, you make sure you do what you're supposed to do. Otherwise, we're going to get you before the public gets you. So <laughs> that old school European uh, thought, you know. <laughs> so, Good one. Yeah. You know, we can talk about all kinds of subjects. Um, I'm going to just bring one up because okay. I, know, I know it's a year away, but mm-hmm. 
There's a potential for charter amendments. Yeah, good. Uh, uh, you kind of explore well, that. Well, a couple of uh, interesting ones that uh, could potentially get on the ballot is uh, the city manager format. And right. So uh, I believe there's a number of folks that have been working on that. the public has to understand. City manager means someone separate than the mayor mm-hmm. that basically runs Runs the, the show. show. And the mayor's power is more ceremonial. Um, so basically the, the city, it's sort of like when you look at the country of England, you, you have the king and the queen, but then you have the prime minister. And so uh, the way I see this current format, would, it would make the mayor's position more ceremonial, but the day-to-day decision-making rests with the city manager. And um, some folks who have um, questioned having a city manager say, well, it's going to cost more. If you want a good city manager, you're looking at double potentially double the salary of the of the mayor so what would the mayor do in that case you know that's a good question i'm i haven't I mean, fully studied this uh, current but i proposal, mean uh, but to me is, we, is is the city manager yeah. elected no uh the city so manager there you go. so yeah. a ceremonial mayor and council they're all elected mm-hmm but the city manager is not elected. In the current They're model, appointed? as I understand it, you, uh, the council would decide, would that approve or disapprove them. Uh, yeah. Everything in the whole. Exactly. And the question wow. where, where is accountability, too? Uh, you know, some who have argued against having the city manager format say, well, the, the, at least the public has a bigger say on who they want as their mayor or chief executive. Whereas the city manager format, it's. I mean, I, 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 don't get me wrong, I see good in both proposals. Could the mayor have. A city manager type person. As his uh, managing director, like maybe? Right now, who's the managing director? Uh, Sandy, Sandy Boss. Boss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, some can argue in every different way. Would he have different skill set than a city manager? Uh, again, it all depends on what you're looking for. Same in a city role. Manager. Same role, basically. Yeah. I mean, right. you, you make the day-to-day decisions with the departments. You, you, you're the, uh, I guess, the, the go-between the, the directors and the mayor. So, uh, although it's interesting, I think it should, personally, I think it should be on the ballot. Let the public decide if they want to change, uh, they want this current system change. Uh, folks who want to change are, you know, maybe dissatisfied with the current system. And I guess it depends on who's, who's the mayor. And that's well, why. That's a very interesting situation. I mean, if we went to the new system and uh, the council, it's basically the council appointing the managing director as opposed to the mayor appointing yeah. the managing director. It's almost yeah. like... Well, confirming, yeah, confirming or well, denying. Well, I'm right. saying it's like, yeah. and it shifts the power mm-hmm. to the council people. It, it's a lot like what we're doing with the directors now. We, the mayor submits his, nom- his nominee for whatever department, and we decide their fate. Right. So with the city manager format, I, I believe that's the same you know, process. Very muddy. Yeah. Yeah. Very muddy. So, but but I think it's high time for it's been discussed uh, a number of times. But I'm okay with putting it on the ballot now. How I will vote, I'm not sure at that point. But I think the public deserves a chance to uh, express their thoughts on it, and we'll go from there. Well, in England, speaking of public and expressing thoughts, like mm-hmm. Brexit. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anyone kind of gets the feeling there that the public decides we want this. And that happens a lot here. We mm-hmm. all, we want this, but then when it gets down to the realities of what it's doing, it changes the system so much that it creates a, ro- a log jam. Unintended consequences. A gigant- unintended consequences times mm-hmm. 100 or mm-hmm. 1,000. So 
I always wonder if the public, there's, you know, that fun thing. When Jefferson used to, we talk about our founding fathers, mm -hmm. they gave a lot of power to people that were in control because they didn't trust the public's mm -hmm. judgment. And now I almost feel like things myself. It's not that I'm an authority, but I recognize that the public is quick to get them upset and riled. For example... I'm going to give you a very specific example mm -hmm. about the Wailuku thing. Oh, about the, Civic Center. Mm -hmm. The Civic Center and the parking lot and a lot of people talking about what's changing in there and how it's going to change the complexion of Wailuku. And meanwhile, I and myself have been at meetings over 20 years mm -hmm. talking about it and public input and lots and lots and lots of discussion. Mm -hmm. And here at the 11th hour, they're concerned about the changing the uh, look and feel of Wailuku when Wailuku yeah. has been looking at this a long time mm -hmm. and saying this is what we need. Mm -hmm. And now at the 11th hour, public opinion gets riled. And mm -hmm. I'm in, like you say, mm -hmm. everyone's allowed their own opinion. But I've seen so much work going in to get to where we are now to make these hard last mm -hmm. decisions, knowing it would change the complexion. But the public's at the last minute. At the last yeah. minute. After yeah. all the time, energy, yeah. money spent, years, yeah. people's dedication to finding a really yeah. solid idea, plan. Mm -hmm. well, well, I, I do I, that. Yeah. And, and I think in this particular instance with the Wailuku Civic Center project, I some have argued that uh, they were misled uh, or that they weren't in on the process early enough. So it's a lot of sometimes he said versus she said, but... Uh, there is a. It, it is costly. I mean, the. Uh, I'm. I'm personally. I'm okay with the parking improvements and everything else. But as far as the civic center, that's where I, I guess. Um, you know, I don't want to say the council split on it, but it's the prohibitive cost of the civic center. Some have argued, why do we want something so expensive in the town, and do we want to really totally change the face of Wailuku? Some have, are, are fearing that it could be another Kakaako, where eventually you're going to have. You know. Uh, homes or property values are just going to skyrocket in the area and for those of those who are on you know uh, limited means with their income it could have an impact on them so that's kind of the big big fear out there too uh, along with and and but then again you know from the other aspect it's like it's a, a nice you know cleaning up the town and um, making it more uh, presentable if you will i, I know why luku town for at was some years ago was really uh, suffering from blight. You know, it was really getting, looking really run down. So it, this is still a work in progress, but I think the bottom line is the cost and what the neighboring residents are, are, are willing to accept. And I guess some property owners, business owners, are going to benefit from this, and the question is now, what are they going to give back? You know? So, And, of course, you've heard the talk about a hotel. Although the area is zoned for a hotel, the question is, uh, how big is this hotel going to be? And I've heard it's maybe 150 to 200 room hotel. And so, in the old days, I remember the uh, the old Wailuku Grand Hotel, and I think it was maybe what, 50 when, room hotel. When Jonathan Starr bought that property many, many years ago, I'm sure mm -hmm. that was part of his original plan because he looked at what was going mm -hmm. on and and saw the potential. And he was working all these years, a planning commission. Mm -hmm. He dots his I's, crosses yeah. his T's. Yeah. But, but I can't agree on one thing. I mean, I think there is a need for a, a, a small boutique-style hotel in the area for business travelers, people who come to the county building or state building to do some business. So, And it's already zoned now. 
the question is, uh, I, I think they're looking at extending the height limit now too. So th- there's a lot of, uh, you know, discussion and hard, uh, I guess discussion. hard decision-making that's going to have to be done. When you talk MRA. about the prices of housing going up, things mm-hmm. are just so completely out of control now. Mm-hmm. I don't know how... Um, development of Wailuku could specifically, anything specific about Wailuku. Mm-hmm. The prices aren't cheap there now. Yeah. And and what um, the question is, are you going to attract a lot of business in that area with the uh, so-called improvements? Uh, you know, Kahului is still a hub, the economic hub of Maui. Now, do, do you want big box type of stores, national franchise type stores in Wailuku town? Now, if you get, if not, then... What small businesses can you bring in and can they afford to pay the rents? Because once a, a, a private landowner makes all these improvements, you know the rents are going to be high. So can a small business afford it? Can the businesses that are there even afford it now? Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're right. Good point. I mean, the things, like I say, I, I keep wondering why um, I don't hear the word emergency. This is a pretty crazy mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, I'm not sure... Uh, Again, this is just personal. When I hear the numbers on how many homeless there are mm-hmm. and whatever, I think there are more homeless than we're given them. Oh, yeah. I, I think the numbers we have are way not low. accurate. Way low. Yeah. Yep. And I I really also have challenge with the um, the, the rental rates are so high. Yeah. Well, well so what I'm, I'm hoping high. we can do on the council is uh, uh, provide some tax breaks for landowners, uh, property owners who are willing to keep their rents at a reasonable and affordable rate, provide them some incentive. Instead of uh, property owners doing short-term rentals, let's do long-term and reward those who are doing long-term rentals by providing them some property tax relief. So I'm hoping that is some that's an upcoming discussion for us in um, County Rollins-Fernandez Budget Committee. And she's part of that tier group that they're looking at restructuring our real property tax system to make it more equitable and fair. It's still a work in progress, and I know uh, it made news the other day. Some people said there's still a lot of questions. Uh, at this point, uh, the TIG uh, committee, the uh, investigative group made up of Keani, Alice Lee, and Tasha Kama, and Tamar Paulton, they've just established a framework. So nothing's etched in stone yet. It's just establishing a framework. And we have the option to go back taxing people at the old, using the, the current system we have. So... Nothing is fully etched in stone at this point, but, you know, we welcome everyone's input. But, uh, yeah, you know, but, you know, I've, I've been told our real property tax rates are low compared to other, you know, jurisdictions. I always am told that also, that yeah. people on the mainland pay really yeah. such, mo- yeah. so much higher. Yeah. And they often say, well, here in Hawaii, education is the state. And so that's the reason we've been able to keep it low. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, in a lot of jurisdictions on the mainland, why their property taxes are high, they're including uh, school taxes and I think probably their rubbish pickup. So that's why it may seem a little high. It's just that we've got our, our system is just divvied up a little more. You know, we have our state taxes, which uh, covers a payment for our schools. And then we have the... Uh, uh, why is this slip, slipping my mind? Sorry. Oh, then we we're paying our separate rubbish bills and sewer bills. So if you incorporated all that into one bill, then, yeah, we'd have a you know big real property, big tax bill. But it's We just also broken. don't have, you know, again, wages. I, oh, yeah. I Can't just, if you look at when you were on council the first time, which mm-hmm. I could go back to 88, I look at the, the wages that people get for jobs, mm-hmm. 
And they have nowhere near kept up with inflation. Oh, no, no, the cost nowhere of inflation. Near. Yeah. You remember the old thing, you should never spend more than 25% of your income on your housing. Mm -hmm. And now you have people that are spending 75% oh, yeah. of their income. And people have more. to live and survive, you know, other than pouring everything into your rent or mortgage. That's why I think of the word emergency all the yeah. time. Yeah. And, and, and I think we're, it, it's, I look at it, uh, this as a, uh, a gentrification of society. It's going to be a bigger gap between the, the, the rich and the less fortunate. And eventually where Maui County could turn into a fantasy island where it's only the rich can live here, you know? Sort of like Lanai is. Yeah, a good example. Good example. Fantasy yeah. island. Yeah, yeah. So. Man. But, uh, yeah, who would have thunk it, huh? And, yeah. I, and, and the day's going to come where the average median house price in Maui County is going to be a million dollars. I mean, it's... Right now, it's what, 750000 well, 750000 We could take a walk on the street and see how many people can afford a house here. Yeah. I mean, I hope so I never see that, that number ever, you know, but it, it could happen. Well, you know, I always think about the idea of equity sharing, where mm -hmm. whether it's the state or whether it's the county or whether it's the landowners do equity sharing with the new buyer... Mm -hmm. To make it affordable, the equity that the mm -hmm. landowner then holds is still workable in the system for them as a resource to get more loans, to create more of the things that we mm -hmm. need. We have a lot of the resources in the land and in the people that are building mm -hmm. to make things affordable. Mm -hmm. If it was an attitude mm -hmm. that was adopted by some of the people that have these. Yeah, exactly. So how do we do that? Do we have mm -hmm. a open forum about that? Do we We're, go to these landowners and or you I, know I, go to A and B or go to uh, I don't want to say the word A and B A and B right. or whoever the landowners right. it doesn't have to only be. Well, well, I think I think we got to wave them a big carrot on the stick, give them an incentive, and that's that's, that's, that's the why you were talking it, about coming up with the, yeah. the rules right. to give them incentives. Right, exactly. So yeah. that's our challenge, is, uh, and uh, which is why it's important for us, an elected official, to engage with. Folks out there who you mentioned earlier have a lot of great ideas. And, you know, the way I see it, it's a reciprocal process between the public and elected officials. We learn from each other and, and we benefit if we all work together without, you know, demonizing each other. You know? Right. Lay down the sword. Lay down the sword. You got it. <laughs> it was talking about that meeting that we were out there that publicly. Mm -hmm. The attacks that were happening between the mayor, I mean, I, I really was. I was really taken aback a little bit. It was almost like his time to express and push at the council in a, in a very awkward way. I almost thought it was for show, because that mm -hmm. meeting I came away with a feeling of nothing really got accomplished. Mm -hmm. They were There was talk at the end that everyone's going to go back and evaluate what they saw and heard here. But where does it surface again to take the action? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I believe it was initiated between the administration and Councilmember Kama to have the meeting at the site, which I, you know, I commend them all no, for doing, good. which is good to get everybody out to the site and, and discuss. So now the ball is now in the administration's court. Okay, we've had the talk now. Okay, now we need to see some real action. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed and I'm hoping that the administration will continue to move forward and, 
if it, whether it be myself or others being that border collie nipping at the heels of the uh, the herd to keep it going, we'll we'll do what we got to do. So if someone has ideas, do they go to the mayor and look for their special assistant, or rather than the council, because now it's really well, the, the mayor? They can do both, well, whichever uh, is comfortable. I think the more proper, uh, I don't want maybe proper is not the right word, but the, the better way first is go to the, contact the mayor's office with your ideas. And then if the mayor buys into it or the administration buys into it and they need funding, then that's where they can present it to the council for funding approval. But by all means, uh, I would tell anyone out there, come to the council too if you like. I mean, don't uh, limit yourself to just going to the mayor's office. And uh, and it's interesting because when I worked at the mayor's office, a lot of people would uh, call the mayor's office, uh, which they should. But some actually told me, "Am I not just supposed to call my council member?" I said, no, no, you can call. You can call both. You know. So, uh, I think it's a, incumbent upon ourselves to educate the public about how to do and what to do with regards to your concerns. So, don't be afraid to, to call your council as well as the mayor's office. And if you and sometimes. Uh, I would get calls in the mayor's office because they call the council member's office and they never got a return call, so they call the mayor's office. And vice versa, it's happened the other way too. When I was on the council, I would get calls from a constituent saying, I called the mayor's office, they never returned my calls, or can you help me? So, you know, we help each other. Right, and you are always available. You're very, you'd be really very open in in how you're doing. I appreciate that. Ah, thank you, Jason. Well, it's good, great working with citizens like you who, you know, you have programs like this and helping to get the word out and educate the public. That's a real important component of democracy, too, is what you as the constituent uh, do in helping educate everyone with the whole process of government. And, and I try to instill that in my kids at, uh, at the intermediate level. It can be a challenge, but it's, it's fun. And kids, kids got great ideas, too. Well, maybe you should start working in the uh, high school. Those are going to be voters, that group. Uh, well, you know. Uh, laughing, but there's so Mr. many Reality kids is. that are... They have all their opinions. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, as a teacher uh, yourself, a uh, teacher makes an impact on kids. You know? Sure uh, do. So, and you, well, what we all hope to do is make a positive impact. And, you know, I, I, I try to tell my students that this is going to be, you're going to be a future leaders. Some of you are going to be, you know, where I sit or where some of our other folks sit, like the mayor. And it's important for you to engage. And, but the biggest thing I try to impress upon the kids, do it in a respectful way. And do away with the name calling just work together so we can achieve what we need to do you know our Let me goals ask you, maybe <laughs> i hope i'm not stepping on too many feet toes we got like four minutes we're good my goodness time is flying <laughs> this thing about one attorney group oh yes corporation council that serves the mayor and the council and yet when they have differences it's like which direction does this council go? Well, this is why we need a charter amendment for the public to decide. I, I think it's high time for the council to have their own attorneys, like using the issue of the Lahaina injection wall as an example. Yeah. The council decided to drop the, the matter going before the Supreme Court, whereas the mayor disagreed, and he sent it forward. So there's this conflict, and corporation council, who is corporation council serving in this case? Are they serving the mayor's interests or the council's interests? They're supposed to represent both of our interests. So they're sort of stuck in a you know, compromised position, So, which is why I think the only way to really resolve this is we need to have our own attorney. And, uh, and there's the, the interpretation of law. Now, according to a corporation counsel, they said if the uh, mayor and counsel is not in agreement, 
I guess the the mayor resumes authority. So it's a tough. Now, one. what happens <laughs> if there's a city manager? That's going to be a whole other. It's going to add layers of. Oh my goodness! I don't even want to think about that, Jason. Right now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just more. we got about two. I'd say two minutes left. What? Look in your own crystal ball. Any issues that you specifically would like to, or things you want to say to the public? Well, I think the the most important thing is just um, get out there to vote at the ne- in the next election. We it, it's really disturbing to see every election year our, our voter turnouts are down. I think if you want to make some change or make a difference, get out there and vote. And I know some people say it doesn't make a difference. Well, some of the uh, races on Oahu, for example, were decided by a couple of votes. So, you know, folks can make a difference. But uh, work respectfully with each other. And, you know, I encourage you to um, talk to your government officials. And if uh, you're not getting a response, let us know. Uh, If your area council member does not get back to you, call another council member. Um, And... Call my office, whatever's on your mind. And uh, some some of the legislation I talked about with you earlier that we initiated was actually driven by the public first. They kind of planted a seed in, in me, and then I took the ball and ran with That's it. Great. When I was a teacher, the old recycling center up by Kalama Intermediate, that yeah. was, a, in, uh, I guess it was, it, was a, it was a student that brought that whole idea up and, and another teacher. And so took it and ran with it, and we got a recycling center. It was all driven by the kids and parents, and, the, and then the mayor and the governor got involved with it. So it was just a great example of everybody putting their heads together. It's amazing to say we have 30 seconds left. I'm here with Mike Molina, present sitting councilman, uh, doing a great job for us here in Maui. Hey, thank you, Jason. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you guys in, uh, out there for being here with us on the Neutral Zone. Make sure to go up there and check out this show again and all the other shows at MauiNeutralZone.com. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you here next week. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Councilman. All right. Thank you, Jason. Pleasure Great job. Thank you. Aloha.